we met and we dated all of our years here and were married in 1983. And I have to tell you, I still have a crazy crush on my husband. Many, many years after falling in love with Bobby, I fell in love with Jesus. And then, after I fell in love with Jesus, I fell in love with his church. And then I found the Blessed Mother, all the while being a cradle Catholic. The rosary is a staple in my household, and I can tell you the power that the rosary holds is like no other. The mysteries, when I pray the mysteries, it's like pouring my prayer into a, a moment that is outside of time, that the Blessed Mother has been there, experienced that, and is with me like any good mother is with her child when they are in need. That's how I feel when I say the rosary. I take those mysteries and just start pouring into them. And so today, we're going to use the mysteries of the joyful, um, the joyful mysteries as our background. So the first joyful mystery is the Annunciation. And of course, our Blessed Mother says, let it be done to me according to your will. She said, yes. I don't think those are very easy words to say. I don't know about you, but I've struggled over the years with that. Particularly back in 1999, it was a hard year. I had a, a child in the house starting high school who was suffering with performance anxiety, woke up growing up, and threw up pretty much through lunchtime every day. I had a medical condition that no doctor could figure out what it was or fix it. And I can tell you, I was calling out to God. I wanted more faith. I wanted to believe that he heard me and that everything was going to be okay. And so finally, I just said to him one day, Lord, I, I want more faith. I want to believe, but I don't know how to get it. I have to tell you, I learned many, many years ago to start asking God questions because he will answer every question that you ask him. I can promise you that. This is the Passion Translation. It's a translation from Matthew's Gospel that you all know, but we're revisiting it this morning because it is so spot on for us, and it says this, this is St. Matthew, ask and the gift is yours. Seek and you'll discover, knock, the door will be opened for you. For every persistent one gets what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he longs for. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. Did by chance you hear that word persistent? So a few days after I asked Jesus how I could get more faith, I walked outside of my bedroom door one morning, and on the floor in front of me was a holy card. It's like, huh, it's 
So I bent down and I picked it up and it was a Divine Mercy Holy Card with instructions on the back on how to say the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Now, I can tell you at that point, I had heard a little bit about Sister Faustina. I'd seen that big, big, thick book called The Diaries and I just couldn't, couldn't quite get there yet. But I had never said a chaplet and I really didn't understand what it was all about. And I know that I did not have a Divine Mercy prayer card in my house. So I picked it up knowing that the Tooth Fairy had not delivered it. And I started saying the Divine Mercy Chaplet without ever realizing or connecting that when we ask God for mercy, he gives it to us. He is he died <laughs> to give us mercy. When we ask him for mercy, he gives it to us. He floods our soul with mercy. And when our soul is flooded with mercy, our hearts can trust him. The two go hand in hand. I mean, duh, Jesus, I trust in you. So when we ask for his mercy, he gives it to us, and then we're able to trust. And, and that's the bottom line. That's what we all need because we're not just saying, um, let it be done to me according to your will, Lord. Oh, no. As mothers, we have to say that for our children, right? Let it be done to Patrick according to your will. Let it be done for Kate according to your will and down on the line. And so when our kids, you know, leave home for the first time when they start thriving, when they make friends outside of family friends, when they start going to camp and parties and college and when they're dating and crushing and all of that stuff, when they're joining sororities, fraternities, the band, the LSU band, when they're leaving home without you, we're on our knees, right? And we are praying for our children. And so it takes a lot of trust. And Jesus meant it to be that way. We need to fill our souls with his mercy so he can fill our hearts with his trust. The second joyful mystery is the visitation. Our daughter Caroline went to LSU to find her future husband settle down, be a stay-at-home mom, and have 10 children. We really started praying for our children about when they had high school and for their future spouses. And someone told me a long time ago, pray for their, not their future wife or husband, but their future spouse, because there could be a vocation to the church, which we always were very open to, still holding out, but I'm not sure we're going there. Anyway, uh, you can imagine that when she was a senior here at LSU, spring semester, she got a little grumpy because that future husband had not shown up yet. That same year, um, we live in Covington, and so we have St. Joseph Abbey pretty much in our backyard. My mom called and asked if our family would join all my siblings, and I live on a family compound, so it all worked out nicely, if we would be a fish family. Well, fish is families inviting seminarians home, and I rolled my eyes. I was principal of our Catholic school at the time, 
And I thought, I don't need one more thing on my plate. I can barely cook dinner for my own family. I don't know if I can handle this. But my mom insisted, and she usually gets her way. And before I knew it, this absolutely adorable young man walked up to our house. His name is Andrew Schumacher. He is now Father Andrew Schumacher. And we fell in love with him. He was amazing. In the spring of that year, Andrew, Father Andrew brought his mom to meet his fish family. And his mom walked up and introduced herself. I introduced myself and told her how much we had enjoyed having her son with us for that year. And she said, by the way, do you know any cute young Catholic girls who just want to stay home and have 10 kids with a good husband? <laughs> I have a son who is in um, Boston doing his residency at Harvard. I thought this is a joke, right? <laughs> well, there's no joke there. That is my son-in-law, Chase. So Jesus asks us, I mean, Jesus tells us to ask, and the gift is ours. The third joyful mystery is the birth of Jesus. So Caroline and Chase fell in love. They met, they got married, fully open to that new life, and ready to start on those 10 children right away. Six years later, they have two miracles, Henry and Philip. Caroline struggles with infertility. They conceived Henry on the last day of a Christmas novena. Henry just turned four in September. He is beautiful and precious. As Henry began to grow, Caroline and Chase really uh, wanted more life in the house, and she felt like, they both felt like God was calling them to adoption. A situation came up with an agency, and Caroline and Chase prayed very hard, and they were just unsure that God was calling them to this particular situation and this baby, and their time was running out to decide. So Caroline did what the Baruses tend to do when we get desperate for an answer from God. We ask for a sign. I'm not sure that's the best way to handle things, but that's what we do. So Caroline said, Lord, if this baby is supposed to be ours, I need to hear this baby's mother's name spoken out loud sometime before I have to tell this adoption agency whether we're going to adopt or not. The next day, Caroline went to visit her cousin, Jen, who had just had a baby, and that baby's name is Josie. And she had Josie in her arms and uh, Josie's two sisters are very fair-skinned. Josie has dark skin, darker skin. And she said, Jen, isn't that funny? Josie's skin is darker. The other two are so light. We must have a gene because the same thing happened in uh, my niece Polly's family. And Jen looked at Caroline. She goes, I know, it's so weird. We call her Felicia all day long. Well, God had spoken. Our Philip is beautiful and healthy and turned one in May, and we could not imagine life without Philip. Jesus tells us to seek 
and we will discover. The fourth joyful mystery is the presentation in the temple. Bobby and I had three children in four years, like normal people do. Um, our third was born on my 30th birthday. A couple of years later, I found myself struggling with severe depression and a very crippling anxiety. And I will have to tell you, it was the hardest and most painful thing that I have ever been through. But it was also the biggest blessing in my life because it was then that I found my Jesus. It took me three years, basically, sitting in a chair and praying and asking God question after question. I, I'm 61. I grew up with Kumbaya, my Lord, and I wasn't sure what was up and what was down. But I knew that Jesus was speaking to me. When I fell in love with Jesus, I fell in love with his word and his sacred scripture, and he would just speak to me so beautifully and still does through sacred scripture, sacred scripture. And I would ask him things like, do you really care about me taking birth control? And guess what? He answered me. And of course, his answer was, yeah, I care a lot about that. And so Bobby and I, after being married for 10, 10 years and having three children, decided to say yes to Jesus and his church. And that included learning natural family planning. Practicing natural family planning after contracepting for 10 years was like a healing balm for my life, for my marriage. And after sitting with Jesus all those years in my prayer chair, discovering him and his beautiful, amazing church and his mother, Bobby and I became open to new life. In 10 years, the next 10 years, when you're so old, you can just kind of talk in decades. Um, <laughs> In the next 10 years, we conceived three times, and we lost each of those babies through miscarriage. We buried our third little boy. His name is Robert Thomas. And after losing Thomas, I developed a medical condition that prevented Bobby and I from being able to celebrate our marriage, celebrate our love. And that condition lasted three full years. And no doctor could diagnose what was the matter with me, what was going on. And when you love your husband dearly and can't celebrate that love for three years, I'm just going to tell you, it's, it's a hard cross. It's a whole other story about how I got out of that, but not for today. But I finally started getting a little better. And lo and behold, after three years... Bobby and I were able to celebrate our marriage again with one little glitch, only when I was ovulating. But I've lost three babies. I've only conceived three times in 10 years. I am now 42 years old. So who's going to get pregnant at 42, right? Well, Bobby and I said yes to God and his plan and his will and his will became our flesh. That is our Anna Frances Berus, who was born on the Feast of the Presentation and who started LSU this fall. As um, Allie mentioned, 
very shortly after Francis came, we were blessed with another new life. His name is Ben. <laughs> He's awesome. And he is a junior at St. Paul's. Jesus tells us to knock and the door will be opened for you. All right, last one, the fifth joyful mystery, the finding in the temple. Our daughter Kate met uh, Zach post-college while they were both living in New Orleans. Kate was hanging out with some friends who went to Ole Miss, although she is an LSU graduate, and Zach got his MBA at Ole Miss. They met and started to fall in love. One weekend, we were with our dear friends, the Stewarts, at their Bay House, and Kate and Zach came to spend the weekend with us, and that Sunday, we went to church at Holy Family, and we both have big families, so Kate and Zach were kneeling in front of us. We were just getting to know Zach, and shortly after Zach's knees hit the kneeler, his back started doing some funny things, like rolling, spasming, and I'm kind of looking at it funny, wondering what was going on. Little did I know that it was the first time Zach's knees had hit a kneeler or down on the ground since he wrestled in college. I'm pretty sure that was his first visit to a Catholic church ever. And I, when I started realizing all this, I thought, Oh my goodness, Lord, I cannot wait to see what you're going to do with this. Well, when you pray, you can be confident that God hears you and has it all figured out ahead of time. I am sure all of those years that we prayed, those prayers went straight to Zach's heart because without Kate pushing, prodding, or even suggesting Zach entered the RCIA program that fall, that spring, two days before Easter, where he was baptized and brought into full communion with the Catholic Church. Zach proposed to Kate, and he is now another very wonderful son-in-law. So in closing, Maybe a couple of takeaways for today would be be confident in your prayer. God is so amazingly good. Ask him questions and learn to listen for his answer. You, he knows your love language. He created it. And so learn to listen for his answer. Be persistent in your prayer. And don't forget about the mercy connection. Mercy, God's mercy, gives us the ability to trust. The ability to trust lets us sleep like a baby. Thank you.